You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hey, Live Different Podcast listeners. Are you ready to put into practice the things that you've heard about on this podcast? I'm talking about going out there and getting out of your comfort zone, expanding your network, your worldviews, expanding your horizons, maybe doing things for the first time like practicing yoga, like climbing a volcano, like going surfing, like not doing any of that and actually taking some time for yourself for once. Look, I'm here to tell you about Under 30 Experiences, the travel company for young people for ages 21 to 35, which I'm the co-founder of. I would love to see you someplace awesome in the world. I'm talking about Bali, Indonesia. I'm talking about Peru and Machu Picchu, the rainforest of Costa Rica, the beaches of Nicaragua, snorkeling in Belize with sharks. I'm talking about experiencing the culture of Mexico and Tulum. How about a volcano in Iceland? How about the beautiful green emerald isle of Ireland? Maybe going up to Scotland with us to experience massive waterfalls. Come to Paris. Hang out at the state we have rented. Look, I don't need to sell you on this stuff. The trips are amazing. I'm on my way to France. Then I'm going to Colombia. Later, I will be in Peru and Costa Rica. Come hang out under 30 experiences.com. Peace out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I am your host, Matt Wilson, and today we are joined by our very special guest, James Swanwick. He is the founder of the 30-Day No Alcohol Challenge. He is also founder of Swanee's Blue Blocking Glasses, which I've mentioned a couple times on the air. He has the James Swanwick podcast, which I highly recommend, and he is a professional, ladies and gentlemen. He is a former Sports Center anchor. James, what's going on? Matt, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad that we were finally uh, able to connect. Um, I have, yeah, followed your work a little bit actually on Instagram. Uh, we have a handful of mutual friends uh daniel d piazza has mentioned you a bunch of times i th- i think that yeah. uh yourself and also dave asprey so i'm a, uh, an ambassador for bulletproof um, yes. I'm, so i'm sponsored by bulletproof and i think you guys are in some type of mastermind group together is that right yeah well dave asprey's been a good friend of mine and i'm i'm taking my swanee's blue light blocking glasses to his bulletproof conference uh in pasadena in november and oh sorry september and i spoke at his uh his event there last year as well oh nice well i will uh, i will see you there that's coming up maybe the 23rd yeah. or 24th something like that yeah, come and say hello at my booth. I'll give you a pair of uh, pair of Swannies. Nice, nice. I uh, yeah, Daniel wears them all the time. He has been on maybe four trips uh, with Under Thirty Experiences, our our travel company, and uh, yeah, he'll he'll wear them on the trips. And we we've talked about him. I, we've recorded a few podcasts. He's a, a real good friend of mine. And uh, I also saw you had a couple endorsements on your site from. Uh, Chris Ashendin, Chris the Kiwi, who's been on the podcast. Yeah. 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 And, and Tim Sykes, who I have not, uh, I haven't hung out with in a while. Uh, but yeah, he's a longtime under 30 CEO follower and uh, he's contributed to the site uh, as well. So yeah, we, uh, we're in good company. Yeah, we are and indeed, Matt. Well, mate, it's great, great to be here. I'm very impressed by you and what you've done as well. And Daniel De Piazza is, uh, speaks highly of you and, and as well. So cool. Uh, oh, excellent, excellent. Well, uh, yeah, I wanted to just jump into some things and, uh, of course, get to know each other a little bit. But let our uh, let our audience really hear uh, what you're all about. I know you have an inspiring story. I've heard you on bulletproof um but you're a you're a traveler as well you have a funny little accent over there and uh, <laughs> can you can you tell us your story a little bit james yeah sure well i'm i'm from australia i grew up in brisbane australia which is on the east coast uh i got a job right out of high school as a newspaper reporter did that for about six years till i was 23 and then i moved to london england as most australians do when they're in their early 20s and I got a job over there uh, with Sky Sports, which is kind of like the British uh, equivalent of Fox Sports. I was a cricket and rugby reporter there for a few years. Uh, Did something really stupid and fell in love with a British woman who ended up 
breaking up with me and <laughs> I was all depressed. So I flew to Los Angeles to try and make it in America. I was like, wanted to live the American dream. And, uh, you know, I started off living in a hostel in Hermosa Beach for about 90 days and 90 nights, paying $15 a night, sleeping in a bunk bed with a bunch of other snoring backpackers. And as a 27-year-old, my kind of journalism career had, had gone backwards at that point because I was nursing this broken heart and living in a hostel, but figured out how to, you know, create an entrepreneurial life for me um, in the U.S. Started interviewing movie stars and uh, for, for newspapers and magazines, sold those interviews overseas. I, I interviewed people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Angelina Jolie. Started a PR company, did really well for a year, but then I lost it, uh, made some bad decisions and the financial crisis hit in 2008, lost some property, lost all my money, ran away to South America to go and learn Spanish and dance tango, came back, uh, got my dream job as a sports center anchor on ESPN in 2010. And now I'm um, very much an entrepreneur and build lifestyle businesses that, uh, that help people um, and that afford me the opportunity to live wherever I want in the world and do whatever I want, within reason, of course. So, um, yeah, that's kind of me me in a nutshell. That's pretty cool. Are you, you're living in Los Angeles now, is that right? Yeah, I'm based in Los Angeles, and uh, this is home. I'm here most of the time, and then I, I spend at least three or four months of the year just anywhere, anywhere else, really. So last nice. year it was Nor Norway and Sweden, and sometimes I go down to Medellin, Colombia, sometimes I'm back in my native country of Australia. Just depends how I'm feeling, really. There you go. Uh, yeah, Med Medellin is a pretty cool place for uh, for expats and a, a nice hangout. We have a, a trip uh, to Cartagena, which is much more of the cultural capital, and uh, it has a much more Caribbean influence. And I, I yes. thought the two places were completely different, but I'm due for another trip to Medellin because I was the most sick I've ever been in my entire life. And I actually, I picked it up eating some indigenous food in Peru. Um, oh, and yeah. that was terrible. But I basically spent my, my I don't know how many, five days in, in a hotel in Medellin. So that was no fun. But uh, Well, Medellin's a great place. Sorry that you were unwell when you were there. But um, Medellin is, uh, it's kind of like the city of eternal spring. It was actually where Pablo Escobar ran the drug you know, world from the, in the late eighties, early nineties. But these days it's very safe, very clean, uh, a big expat community down there as well. You mentioned Chris Ashenden, Chris, the Kiwi who owns the company athletic greens. He lives down there in Medellin. And, um, if you're a single guy, just watch out because you will fall in love with lots and lots of beautiful women. <laughs> I know what you mean, James. I, I that, uh, seems to be a theme already on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I fell in love with a damn Colombian woman. <laughs> I fell in love with a British woman, first of all, which inspired me to leave the country of England. And then I fell in love with a Colombian woman, which inspired me to leave the country of Colombia. There's a real pattern there, isn't there, Matt? Man, you stay, you stay safe out there, James. <laughs> Life sounds tough. <laughs> that's, uh, no, that, that's pretty cool that you're, that you're out and about and, um, of course, as an Australian, you live on a massive island, uh, it looks like, at least on a map, so y you must need to leave. I mean, I feel the same way in the United States. We're basically on an island uh, ourselves, although it's not geographically an island, but we've got Canada, which actually has a quite a different culture, especially up in, in uh, uh, Quebec, but you know, you gotta, you gotta leave your, your home country to be able to learn about the world, I think. Well, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And my, my entire life, um, my entire adult life has all, has been all about exploring, um, and being an adventurer and seeing the world. I've been to about 44 or 45 countries, I think, um, right through Europe, through Asia, South America, did um, Colombia, Argentina, Peru, Bolivia, all through there. Um, and, you know, like I, I traveled all through my 20s and I'm still traveling now. I'm 40 years old as we're, as we're recording this. Traveling has, made, has shaped my, my personality. It's given me ideas in business. It's, it's made me new friends. Uh, I love it. If you can afford to do it or you can find a way to do it, I would encourage anyone to do it. But I'll t I will say this, Matt, I'll tell you one big mistake that I made with my travel. Um, when I traveled in my 20s, I didn't learn 
business and being an entrepreneur at the same time. I just grabbed my backpack and I went traveling. What I should have done is listen to Tony Robbins CDs or how to make a million dollars CDs or read books when I was on these overnight bus trips or while I was on a plane. Instead, I just listened to music, right? Which is fine. It relaxes you. But I didn't learn how to be an entrepreneur while I was traveling the world. And that's a big, that was a big mistake. Um, so I would just say to anyone listening who, who loves travel, or who's thinking about traveling, travel, absolutely travel. But it's so easy now to just stick in a pair of earbuds and listen to Matt and his podcast or my podcast or anyone's podcast and learn while you're traveling. Uh, I could not agree more. And we have such an amazing, I mean, we just live in this incredible time uh, on earth and we can listen to podcasts. We have audible.com. I mean, it doesn't matter if I haven't seen an English bookstore in six months. I can just go on Amazon and still order with one click directly to my iPhone 6 Plus or whatever I have. And it turns into a basically a, a tablet which I can read on. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. Uh, and I got I to gotta tell you, James, my, I just had a little family time back in the States. And my mom... She was so happy she uh, she checked out three library books for me and said, oh, I went to the library. I renewed your library card. And there is a, there's a lot to be said about actually having a real book in your hands as well. And so if you just make a point of it, uh, there, there's no reason. I, I completely – and the network that you can create traveling the world. Um, I mean I've been to in startup offices in – Nicaragua, in places like Iceland, uh, in places like Jakarta, Indonesia, and uh, everybody, you know, the world is is becoming more and more flat, as uh, Thomas Friedman would say, and these opportunities are open to anyone who has access to the internet, especially those who speak English and uh, and can access most of the, the, the best information, I would say, is in English, but the world is becoming more and more flat, and it doesn't matter where in the world you are. Uh, you can go out and start a business and and bounce all over the world and, and do these things. And we don't have this paradigm anymore where it's, oh, I have to go to business school or I have to take off and go on hiatus and travel. You can do this. the two things. You could be taking online courses. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember back in the early 2000s, I was I was on these uh, long overnight buses through Brazil. I was going from like Rio de Janeiro to Foz do Iguaçu, which are the, the, the falls on the border of Argentina. And then um, I might get a plane. I remember getting a plane up to Fortaleza and Maceió. These are all cities in Brazil. And I remember just list, taking a, a CD Discman with me and I was listening to Bon Jovi CDs and along the way because I'm a big Bon Jovi fan and it was big and clunky, you know. I was holding this, hauling the CD display around with me with these big sort of like headphones um, and I look back at that now and I just go, man, imagine if instead I listened to what I had suggested before, you know, some motivational CDs or like some, some books on real estate or investing, I wouldn't feel right now that I was playing catch up with my finances because I'm 40 and I do feel like I'm playing catch up. I'm feeling like, you know, I should have been, I should have prepared my finance. I should have been investing a long time ago. So like Matt is saying, like you were saying, Matt, like for sure, Get out there and, and travel and expose yourself to different people and different countries and different cultures, but just always be learning at the same time because otherwise you'll get to my age at 40 and go, damn, man, I've just wasted 20 years. You know, I, I could have done this when I was 20. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And if somebody out there is listening, okay, they get the concept, the world is flat, stick the earbuds in and start learning. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned Tony Robbins, you mentioned both of our podcasts. Where would you start if you were someone who was a, a recent graduate or a uh, non-graduate or someone playing catch-up? It doesn't matter. But if you're just trying to start learning about improving yourself and being able to afford to travel, as you said, which is something I want to get to uh, in a couple minutes. But 
where do you start with the with the long journey of uh, of learning something that's going to be applicable, unlike so many things that we've learned in school? Well, I'll tell you, there's 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 a program. I was mentored by a guy called Ty Lopez in ter- in terms of mentored in business and entrepreneurship. He's a, an internet marketer and he sells a lot of programs to do with business and investing. Uh, if you want to learn more about him, just go to jameswanick.com forward slash 67 steps. He's like the creator of the 67 steps program. They're like 67 little audio files, which is how to like get up off your ass and make things happen. Um, so I would definitely encourage someone to listen, listen to that because there's a lot of life lessons there about not playing the victim, about making sure that you have an investor's mentality, about making sure you're saving money and making sure that you're getting out and traveling and all those kinds. They're just 67 great lessons there. So I would definitely start with that. And like I said, just if you go to my website, jameswanick.com forward slash 67 steps, you can find that. The other thing is I would definitely read the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, Think and Grow Rich really just gives you this mentality of how to always be thinking wealthy. Now, not so much just with your finances, but like with everything in life, being wealthy in your body, in your health, in your relationships. The book's very much, you know, geared towards money and finances, but the same lessons you learn are applicable in your health relationships um, and other areas of your life. So I, I think either one of those two to start off with would be great. You can get Think and Grow Rich in the book version. Um, I know a lot of people who just never it never leaves their side. They take it with them. You can also listen to it on an audio version. I, when I read it, I typed out my notes from that book, um, and I give it away on my, on my uh, website. So if you want to get my personal notes emailed to you as a PDF, it's only like two pages. It's a, that way you don't have to read the whole book if you don't want to. Again, just go to my website jameswanick.com and I'll send them to you. But whatever you choose, for sure read that book, whether you buy it on Amazon or, or some other place. And I would also do those, those 67 steps. That's where I would start. Yeah, I can't recommend Think and Grow It more, uh, especially the, the newer versions. They've modernized it. And uh, yeah, it, it's really cool. I think there's a few new versions. Uh, it's been a couple years since I've read it, but uh, when I went back and read it since, you know, originally I'd read the, read the original copy, which is, you know, a timeless uh, piece of yeah. literature. If, uh, yeah, if it qualifies as literature, I think it does. But yeah, abs- absolutely thinking go rich. And I- I'm not as familiar with Ty Lopez, uh, but those 67 steps sound, sound pretty cool. And, what's your and, favorite book, Matt? Like what's, what's, what's your top book or your top three books of all time? You know, of all time. So I've been on this journey myself in the world of entrepreneurship for, for a long time. I'm only 30 years old, but I've been reading these books since I was, I would say since I was 16, but I've really been reading these books since I was probably 12 or, or something. So I think and Grow Rich would rank up there for me, but a, uh, but a how to win friends and influence people. Uh, Now, now you know, we're quoting books from like the 1920s. So I sound, now I sound real old, but, but uh, a one that had a huge impact on me. And I, if I read it now, it might not have the same effect. And in fact, I know it wouldn't, um, but rich dad, poor dad. uh, And Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, sure. And a lot of people have then, expanded upon Robert Kiyosaki's work and done it better I think uh, some of the some of the more I don't know some some more modern people of course uh, and, and actually one of the things that I really like to do is uh, go and I'm in airports all the time so I love the good old-fashioned airport bookstore and you know t- you yeah. got to find a book for the for the flight. And it might not. And for me, you know, it's it's more difficult to find actual books uh, because I'm not in the United States all that often. So, kind of looking at the bestsellers or looking at the timeless classics that they have forces me to pick something up that I might not normally. You know, I, ha- I have my list, and when it's time to to order something on Amazon, well, yeah, I pick something off the list. But you know, yesterday I picked up a Harvard Business Review book and it was called I think it was called the essentials and 
that was something that just gave 12 case studies of business, you know, of business and communications and leadership. And we're to a, a point in our company with under 30 experiences where we're, we're growing uh, quite quickly. And so I said, all right, let me touch up. Let me brush up on some of this type of stuff because I had just read four books uh, on basically on biology and on, on health and nutrition that I, I said, okay, let me not go down this rabbit hole too far here. Let me change it up a little bit. And so just getting your hands on anything is uh, anything that can help you is important. It's, it's to yeah. me, it's about how you devour it. I think. Well, um, I, I read a book a day and I have done for the last 18 months and I've trained myself to do it. Um, and so people get overwhelmed a lot by books and like oh I don't want to read that it's going to take me a month to do that because they read 15 minutes at a time before they go to sleep and they just work themselves through it I'm like I read one book every day right and I'll pick it up and I have now trained myself to be able to read a book in sometimes as little as 15 minutes um, most of the time it's about an hour around about an hour now people go well how do you do that how can you digest the whole book well the answer is really easily and when you learn that skill of speed reading and understanding the main points of a book you can digest so much information you can get so much knowledge in your brain I recorded a, a YouTube video actually called How I Read a Book a Day. It's on my YouTube channel, James Swanick. So if anyone's listening and you want to learn that skill, which I would highly encourage you to learn it, it'll only take you like, oh, it might take you a week of practicing, but it, to actually learn it, it'll take you as long as it, uh, the, the video that I recorded is, which is 50 minutes. So it's 51 minutes and 15 seconds. If you just go to my YouTube channel, James Swanwick, and type in How I Read a Book a Day, you can see how I do it. I, I love it. And that is, you know, that's the thing about personal development is if you're listening, take the 51 minutes and 15 seconds to go out and watch this YouTube video with James, because then you're going to be able to, you know, imagine the payoff for that, being able to read a, a book per day uh, or be able to take a book that used to take you 10 hours to read. And now you can hammer it out in just a couple hours that's right. that's amazing. I forgot this was this was you, James. I uh, had heard that the first time that you were on Bulletproof, and I was really impressed. And I actually just thought of it recently because I've been, I've been. Uh, of course, I go in in waves on how uh, how quickly I'm able to polish off things off my reading list. But I've read uh, probably five books in the last two weeks, and I've been really pumped about that. And it starts to get addictive, of course, but I've been really pumped about it. And I, I thought of you, um, but I, I didn't remember that it was actually you who had come on Bulletproof and, and talked about that. Do you have any tips uh, off, the, off the cuff that might help people? Because I think people are still a little bit, uh, I think they're still lifting their jaws up, up off the floor that you read a book a day. Yeah. Do you mean like another tip on reading or just any other habit hack that I've got? Uh, no, I would say specifically on reading and how okay. you're able to accomplish that. Yeah, sure. Well, um, as I'm recording this, I'm in my West Hollywood home and I'm looking at my bookshelf. There's about a hundred books there. Um, I've got about five books in front of me this morning. I was reading a book called Profit First uh, by Mike Mikowitz, I think it's called. Um, so what I do is uh, I will read the back of the book first, which takes about 20 seconds. So I'll get an idea about what the gist of the book is. I'll then open up to the chapters and I'll scan through the chapters. And a lot of times authors will actually give away like the main focal point of, uh, of the book in those chapters. Um, like the to-do or the action points from the, from the book are actually can, can often be found in the chapters. So you can pretty much get the gist of an entire book by reading the back cover and then the chapter headlines. Then I'll scan through the book once, just quickly flicking through the pages, looking at the, the chapter titles, looking at kind of like the first sentence of each of the paragraphs very quickly, which might take five minutes from front to end. And then I will go back again. And just before I start again, I'll say, okay, so this author is essentially saying this this and this. Okay, cool. Right. Let's begin. So then as you're scanning through each chapter, you start to see all the points that he's making, right? Blah, 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 blah. Yep. Okay. Some pages you'll stay on there and you might read every word. Other pages you'll flick through like three or four pages because he's just using lots of examples to prove the main point that he's making. 
Um, and then if you do that consistently, like I said, I can read an entire book in about an hour. I was just on a plane from London to Los Angeles uh, yesterday, and I read uh, three books uh, three books on the plane. I read uh, – what were the books I read? I read um, Jab uh, – uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's book, uh, j- uh, is it Jab, Jab, Punch? What's it called? Uh, jab, Jab, le- is it Left Hook? Yeah, that's right it. Yeah. Jab, right jab, 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 Left Hook. Uh, I read that book. Uh, I read a great book called uh, Raw Honesty, which mm. is all about telling the truth in every situation and just you know having awkward conversations with people but just making sure you speak the truth. And then the other book uh, I read was uh, Why She Buys, which is a book about how wife, uh, women tend to buy, what their emotional reasons for buying are, which is uh, helping me to be able to sell more of my, my products and programs uh, to women. So there you go. Um, but if you want to get really like the nitty gritty and actually watch me read a book in, in 50 minutes, then yeah, like I said, just go check out that, that YouTube video. No, I, I think that's ex- that's excellent advice, and uh, I know the Kindle app is now formatted, so it's much easier to read a book in the style uh, which you laid out because you can flip pages much easier, and you can kind of zoom out on the page, and sc- you can basically flip through pages and not have to go one by one. You can skip chapters. It's it's much right. easier on the Kindle app now as well. So so if you're thinking. Uh, how am I going to do that reading digitally? It is applicable for sure. So that's that's really cool. Was that was that Mike Michalowicz by any chance? Profit, uh, yes. profit yes. first. Yeah, yeah, it's got a fit. yeah. He's an old school uh, under thirty CEO contributor. Uh, he wrote a book called The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, in like two thousand eight, when we were just starting our business online, and uh, yeah, I got to invite him on the podcast. I got to catch up with Mike. He's cool. Yeah, he's, uh, he's awesome. The terrible, terrible book cover, that toilet entrepreneur, it's like literally a photo of a, of a toilet roll. <laughs> oh, right. But the content, the content of, of it is excellent. And the, the cover book of Profit First is, is very noticeable now. It's a pink piggy bank. Um, and that's a really good book because, to me, I mean, for, as most entrepreneurs do, they kind of like all the revenue that comes in, they then want to put it right back into the business without taking any profit. But that book, Profit First, by Mike really talks about, you know, paying yourself first um, and then, you know, using whatever is left over for uh, expenses. That's cool. And pay yourself first. That's an old school Robert Kiyosaki principle right there from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's really cool. James, I wanted to, to get back to your notion of affording to travel. And uh, could, do you think you could help people maybe dispel a little bit of this idea that you need to be rich uh, to travel or that you need to have several lifestyle businesses like James Swanick or that, you know, there's so much that's holding people back. And, you know, I've got a couple buddies who decided that they were going to pack up and leave their expensive high rises in, uh, in Austin and Chicago and go in. This is this is uh, Brandon Epstein and Dan Whitmer, who have both uh, who are from Zen Dude Fitness, uh, who you would get along with real well, James. But they both went to Medellin, and they were like, you know what? We're just going to sign up to live in a nice apartment, and and we don't speak Spanish. So we're just going to figure it out and and uh, start our businesses online with a little bit of savings that they had. Can you help dispel that a little bit, or or talk about how people can afford to travel? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I lived like a millionaire all through my 20s and never had a million dollars. You know, I never did, but I lived a millionaire lifestyle. And it was, it was pretty simple. I mean, I, I strategically chose countries where whatever currency I, I had earned up until that point went a long way. For example, when I lived in London, I was earning British pounds. And so I made sure that when I traveled while I was uh, living in London, I traveled to South American countries. Like at the time, Brazil was very cheap, around 2000. So I could turn my pounds into reals in Brazil and I could have beautiful steak dinners for like five bucks, you know, sure. and I could, I could drink beer. I was, I was drinking a lot of beer socially at the time for like a dollar a can of beer, which is amazing. You just play the currency exchange. Since I've been living in the US, I've been here since 2002, 
uh, same thing. I very strategically choose countries where the dollar turns uh, into a lot. So I've been right throughout Asia. I went to India. I've been to Thailand, uh, right through that area. And then um, Colombia. Like Colombia is super cheap when you're spending US dollars. Sure. Um, Argentina. I lived in Buenos Aires, Argentina for five months. Um, when I lost my PR business in 2009 um, in, in, in Los Angeles here, I was kind of licking my wounds, my, my wounds and I, I turned up in Buenos Aires with I think about, I think I had about 1,500 American dollars in my bank account and I, somehow I managed to last five and a half months. Now, not just on the $1,500, I was able to make some money when I was there virtually, but you know, I didn't, I didn't say, oh, my God, i got no money. I can't go and live in another country. I just turned up and just made it work. You know, I lived in a hostel for a while. But then after that, I got my own apartment with a rooftop view and a rooftop pool. I think it was only like 400 or $500 a month um, to stay in this place. Wow. Like you can live like a king on, on, on not much money if you choose the countries correctly. Um, so... A lot of people think, oh, I could never do that. I mean, I was living in a five-bedroom apartment in uh, Medellin when I first went there in 2000 and I think it was 2010, 2011. It's a five-bedroom apartment with a view over Medellin and I was paying, I think it was 1500 US dollars a month, which is $350 less than what I, I pay for my two-bedroom apartment in West Hollywood at the moment. And which was half of what I was paying for a New York apartment that I had at the time as well. So if you can just choose those countries and be strategic about it, man, you can live like a king on not much. Absolutely. I, I felt that when I moved from my high-rise apartment in New York to Costa Rica. All of a sudden, it, things, turned right, things turned right around as far as uh, how much I was spending every month and then once you figure a place out and you can live like a local, that's when, that's when you actually have the opportunity to save. And if people out there are, are listening and they do want to travel, of course, uh, Latin America and, of course, Southeast Asia are going to be fantastic spots uh, to be able to go, even like a, a Morocco. Um, it's where a lot of Europeans, you know, the Spanish and the, uh, the French especially like to go there and have cheap holidays. Uh, but, you know, when I was in college, Europe was very expensive. Now it's a dollar ten to the euro and we're in good shape. So the dollar is very strong right now. So if anybody's making USD out there, go out and, uh, and spend it abroad because it's going to go a, a lot farther than it has in the past. And it might not be that way for forever. You know, look at the, uh, look at the UK right now. Uh, that all of a sudden has become a much more affordable place to go and travel. So take advantage. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't agree with you more, Matt. No, that's uh, that's excellent. So, okay, so James, I wanted to um, ask you. I had a hand uh, a handful of things. Um, I know that your website said you're an expert in taking your life from average to awesome, and you're already certainly helping people along the way. Um, to do that, uh, just by listening to you now. Um, but I wanted to get in a little bit more to your 30 day, no alcohol challenge and how that specifically was able to bring your life from average to awesome. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like you're, you're drinking too many dollar beers in, uh, in Rio these days. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Look, I was always just a social drinker. I mean, I went through phases. Sometimes I, you know, I drank a little bit too much, but I was never an alcoholic. But I got tired of being tired from hangovers all the time. Um, you know, like I said, I would drink a few drinks during the week, maybe on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. I'd have like four or five drinks on a Sunday watching football at the pub, like NFL season. I might get drunk sometimes or a little bit tipsy. But I never really did anything too crazy. But like I said, I, it just crept up on me. Like all that drinking over time, I ended up putting on a bit of weight. I wasn't productive. I was sleeping in too much. I looked tired and weathered. I was just lethargic. And 
I woke up one day, I was at, uh, in Austin, Texas at the South by Southwest Festival in 2010, and I'd only had a couple of gin and tonics the night before, but I woke up on this morning in a hotel just outside Austin feeling really hungover, and I had a really splitting headache, and I went to have a hangover breakfast in an IHOP, you know, those International <laughs> House of Pancakes. Oh, yes. The, the last <laughs> time I was there was a handful of years ago, and it was under the same circumstances. Yeah, so it was like the, the greasy IHOP hangover breakfast. Oh. And I was in this IHOP and I remember looking at the menus and the menus had these big bright colors of scrambled eggs and all-you-can-eat pancakes. And I looked to the left and the right of me and there were these big kind of like overweight people pigging out on all-you-can-eat pancakes with whipped cream and maple syrup. And I was just like, oh, I just feel so ordinary right now. And I remember just saying to myself, you know what, James, I think it's time you took a break. You know, it's time that you kind of got healthy and just stopped feeling so crap all the time. So I said to myself, I wonder if I can go 30 days without drinking. And so I just made a bet with myself, just a, like a little experiment to see if I could do it. And I said, I'm going to go the next 30 days without drinking. And that's what I did, Matt. I, I, know I didn't drink that night. I didn't drink the next night. I went out on a date about a week later. I didn't drink alcohol. And I started to sleep better. I started to feel better. I started to have more clarity and focus. I lost weight. In fact, I ended up losing uh, a lot of weight over, the, over the, uh, the course of the 30 days. And I just felt, I felt amazing. And then I got to day 30 and I went, you know what? I feel so damn good. I'm just going to keep going. I'll just, I wonder how long I can go. Then I got to 40 days and I was like, damn, this is good. I'll see if I can go to 50. Then I got to 50 and I realized that I was starting to hang out with a higher caliber of person. Romantic relationships were a lot better. I had more energy. I started going to the gym and lifting weights for the first time in years. And then I got to day 60, day 90, and then I got to six months. And then I got to the end of a year. I was back in Austin at the annual South by Southwest Festival again. And I went to the Luster Pearl Bar um, in Austin and I ordered a Budweiser and I went to put it to my mouth to celebrate one year without drinking. And for whatever reason, I just put it back down again and I changed my mind and I said, you know what? I, I, I don't want it after all. Just give me a water, ice and a piece of lime instead. And I haven't drunk alcohol since. So it's been since 2010 since I've touched uh, a drop of alcohol. And, you know, everything in my life has just been better and improved because of it. Well, well good for you, James. That's, that, that's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough about how commendable that is and uh, that you're, you know, you're living proof that you were able to, to change your life and, like you said, it wasn't like you were an alcoholic or, or had maybe had a problem with it, but you were able to elevate your game uh, from that. And specifically what you said in there about feeling ordinary. And if you look at health and wellness in today's day and age, you know, it's not, it's not health care, right? It's sick care. Nobody's talking about truly how you can be healthy, or at least not doctors, and, uh, you know, that's not what they're debating in Congress. That's not the, the strain on the system at the moment. It's people who are really sick, and, you know, that's what the healthcare crisis is all about, and just this a concept of feeling ordinary is so fascinating to me because most people don't wake up in the morning and spring out of bed and do a little dance and, uh, you know, they're not as, as alert or as sharp as they absolutely could be. And it comes down to the environment that we are all exposed to and how it's so easy to make the, the choices. It's so easy to have the Budweiser. It's been impressioned on our minds since we were, we were little kids. And uh, yeah, I, I think this is an amazing concept of, of feeling ordinary. I wanted to, to dive into that a little bit more with you and just ask you, uh, yeah, what what are some of the maybe what are some of the ways that you decide? And of course, a lot of this you can talk about drinking that you try to avoid being ordinary. I mean, the the top, the name of the podcast is called Live Different. So, would you like to speak about that a little bit, James? Let the people know. Yeah, I just cre I like to cre create really good habits in my life. That and, and a good habit is something that it's just so easy to do. It's, it's just it's almost like you trip over yourself 
or, or you trip over doing it, right? You don't have to think. You don't have to use brute strength of willpower. It just becomes so, so systematic that you achieve great things, okay? So let me give you an example. Uh, if I want to... Uh, I'm sorry, let me go back. If I, uh, To create the habit of consistent exercise... What I do is I prepare my exercise clothes the night before. So just before I go to sleep, I'll get out my exercise shorts, my exercise shirt, my shoes, my socks, my water bottle, my gym bag, and I will put it all at the, on the floor in my bedroom at the end of my bed. That means that when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I see are my gym clothes, so because I see my gym clothes, I automatically put them on. And then because they're on, I then five minutes later walk out of the house and go to the gym and exercise. That's a habit, right? That's creating a visual cue where it's like, oh, okay, I see the exercise clothes. It's all prepared. It's ready. I put them on. I walk out the door. I exercise. Most people won't do that. Most people will go to bed and then they'll wake up in the morning and then even though they're tired and a bit cranky, they'll sort of fumble around, try to find their clothes, try to get ready. And then, of course, the danger is, is that because that's an extra step and your brain has to think about it, your brain has to do it, chances are you might go, ah, bugger it, I'm not going to go to the gym today. I won't exercise today. So I just make it so easy that I see it, I put the clothes on, I go and I exercise. That way I, I exercise five or six times a week. Same when it comes to food, putting uh, the food that I put in my mouth. I just remove any temptation of eating crap food by removing it from my home. I don't have cereal, sugary cereals. I don't have like uh, cow's milk. I don't have chips. I don't have biscuits. I don't have any of that crap. There's no sugar in my kitchen or in my pantry. There's only grass-fed butter, like um, what Dave Asprey talks about, um, uh, there's only kale, spinach, some frozen berries to put in my morning smoothie. There's some uh, almond milk. Uh, there's uh, some fruits and vegetables. So that's the only thing that lives in my home, right? So that way, when I'm hungry, I go to the, the pantry, I go to the fridge. The only thing that I can possibly eat is healthy food. So I'm not thinking about the pack of Doritos that's sitting in the cupboard because they're not there. If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. The other thing is, is that... Um, one more habit that I have to just make sure that I read every day. You know, like I said, I read a book a day. I don't have a television in my home. And my living room is set up to face a bookshelf. So most people in their living rooms, they'll have uh, a sofa and it will face a television. So when they come home from work, they'll sit down on the sofa. Because there's a television in front of them, they'll pick up the remote control. They'll turn on the TV and they'll spend an hour or two watching TV. For me, I don't have that option. So what I do is I sit down in the living room, even if I have no intention of reading, my mind or my eyes sees the bookshelf. So what do I instinctively do? I go there and I reach for a book and I pick up a book and I start reading. So these are just very simple little hacks. I do 47 of them. I have this program called 47 Day Habit Hacker and I do 47 of these tips, but they're just a few of them. And just to answer your initial question, you know, that's how I just make sure that I don't live an average life. That's how I'm always just creating good habits all the time. That's, that's really cool. Uh, and, and I love the concept of habit hacking because this is something really simple that you can implement. You set your bookshelf in front of your sofa. You know, you set your, your healthy foods at eye level. You, you do these things. You have to trip over your running shoes to be able to, to get up in the morning. I mean, those are really simple things that people can do to, to be able to stop being ordinary. So those are, those are fantastic hacks. Uh, James, when it comes to willpower, because it's tough when you're in that grocery store sometimes to be able to say, I need to make the right decision, or I need, I'm tired as all hell. How do I then uh, pick out my clothes? Where, is the, where does the willpower come from to pick out your clothes and put them at the foot of your bed every night? Well, it's just I want to be healthy. I want to be playing at my top game. And, and, and like when I'm setting out my goals for my life, to achieve my financial goals, I want to be in good, uh, in good health, in good physical health. 
So for me, it's like, okay, this will take me a minute of rummaging around trying to get gym clothes ready at nighttime. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. I just want to jump in bed. I don't really want to prepare my clothes. But you know what? I'm going to do it now because a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. And I always remind myself of that. And so I'll get it ready. And then the next morning I'll get up and I'll just do it. So that's what I mean by like making it sort of like so easy that you don't even have have to think about it. So even that preparing my clothes before I go to sleep is now a habit, right? It's just a natural habit. I just instinctively think about it. So I think if you can just set your life up to be so automatic where you don't have to use that that brute willpower, there's actually a great book that I read called Willpower. Um, I'm looking at it now. Uh, I'll just get my... Uh, hey, Chris, can you grab that book, Willpower, from my bookshelf, please? I just want to be able to tell Matt and his listeners. Uh, it's second shelf down, just a little bit down, orange to the left. There we go. Grab that. Yeah, Willpower, and it's by... One second, Matt. Sorry. To the sure, listener. sure. No, this is great. Here we go. It's by Roy Baumeister and John Tierney. It's called Willpower, Rediscovering the Greatest Human Strength. And what he talks about in this book is systems, just creating... Um, uh, a simple system. So let me, I'm just going to read here from page 239. Um, set up your life so you have a realistic chance to succeed. Uh, you need less, uh, the people have less need to use willpower because they're beset by fewer temptations and inner conflicts. People who are successful are better at arranging their lives so they avoid problem situations. Um, People with high self-control consistently report less stress in their lives. They use their self-control not to get through crises, but to avoid them. They play offense instead of defense. Um, so there you go. It's, that's cool. So, so for me, it's like I don't want to rely on willpower. I just want it done. I just want something done so it's just so easy to do. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent, uh, yeah, that, that's excellent advice, James, especially setting up those systems in your life. And, and of course, a book that we haven't mentioned yet, but I'm sure everyone reading, or everyone listening has probably even thought of, of course, uh, with the four-hour work week and Tim Ferriss. I mean, the, the, these are the things that we can, we can set up in our lives. So as you said, we could be on offense. As you said, we can, uh, yeah, we can, we can just, uh, I think you said a good plan today is better than maybe you said a great plan tomorrow. A perfect plan a tomorrow. perfect yeah. plan tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, you, you just, it help. it makes executing seamless and it almost cuts willpower out of the equation. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You don't, you don't want to rely on willpower. Take willpower out of it. It takes up too much glucose in your brain. Sure. It's, it's too much, you know. So, so just, you know, ma make it easy. Like even like uh, before I go into my bathroom each morning, I have on plastered on the wall my weight and a set of scales. So, so I don't have to pull the scales out of the cupboard every morning. I, there's a visual cue. It's right there. Plus the piece of paper with my weight that I write down on it is there every day. So the first thing I see before I walk into the bathroom is the set of scales and the piece of paper. So what do I do? I step on the scales. I measure my weight and I, and I write it down. That's what I mean by not using, not having to rely on willpower. It's just like, it's so easy. You almost trip over it. That, that's really cool. And, and James, I wanted to go back to, you know, this all made me think of having willpower when you're out, when you're at the bar, when you go to a restaurant and you have the choices on the menu or your buddies are pressuring, you know, the, somebody buys the round of shots and who do you pawn this off on and do you throw it over your shoulder and, and all of that takes willpower. Um, but specifically, you know, when you're talking about taking the willpower out of the equation, you talked about attracting the right type of people in your life and attracting a more uh, quality person to you. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, well, when you are healthy, you tend to hang out with healthy people. When you're positive, you tend to attract positive people. When you're pissed off and angry, you tend to hang out with pissed off and angry people. So like attracts like. You know, you can call it the secret, if you like, the law of attraction. But uh, if you want to get a six-pack abs, right, 
then hang out with people who have six-pack abs. You're not going to get there by hanging out with people who are 40 pounds overweight. So when I started to, or when I quit alcohol, and for you, and for you listening, you, you don't have to, I'm not saying you've got to quit alcohol. Maybe you just drink in moderation. But when you start getting into self-development and you start improving yourself, you start to hang out with people who are into self-development and who are improving themselves. If you want to be, a, if you want to attract a top ten woman or a top ten man into your life, you better be a top ten man or a top ten woman. Absolutely, it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple, right? There's a reason why Brad Pitt is married to Angelina Jolie, right? Angelina Jolie is not marrying the guy down the road who's just the average guy who's got forty pounds overweight or whatever, right? <laughs> like, and Brad Pitt is not marrying like the the you know, the girl is all depressed and doesn't have a high opinion of herself and, and is, you know, constantly bitching about her life. No. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are attracted to one another because they're both powerful, they're both positive, they're both healthy, they're both inspirational, they're both into the same things, right? Like attracts like. So if you want to make more money, start hanging out with people who make more money. If you want to be a millionaire, start hanging out with millionaires, if you want to live a healthy lifestyle and, and reduce drinking alcohol, start hanging out with people who only drink a little bit of alcohol who, who don't drink it at all. So you have to control your environment. And sometimes this may mean cutting friends out of your life. It just may mean that. I'm not saying you've got to go and cut everyone, but it may, it may mean you have to either spend less time with your existing friends or just cut them. And move on and get a new group of friends because like attracts like. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I have a very similar story, James. I mean, being a loyal friend to your friends from grade school or your friends from high school or your friends from university uh, who haven't changed, who are still stuck doing the same thing, who still want to go out and do the same thing, who are still looking at the girl banged up at the end of the bar who's been there all night and saying, oh, she looks pretty attractive, but unfortunately they're stooping uh, to a, a level, to a quality of, of person uh, that they could, if they were doing things the right way in their life, you know, if they were going, if they were going about things differently and practicing the things that we're speaking of today, I mean, yeah, it just makes sense. You're just going to attract if you whatever you put out there, you're going to attract. And I know for sure when I stopped hanging out at Whiskey Tavern, my favorite place in Chinatown in New York, which. You know, I still think about that place all the time, and I want to go back at it, but I just know it's not, it's not worth making the trip over there. Uh, look, once I started going to yoga on Saturday mornings because I was motivated and I was up and I wasn't hungover, etc., I, I attracted a tremendously different and more positive person into my life and people in general. And I'm not just talking about relationships. I'm talking or, or, or interpersonal, uh, not just talking about dating. You know, you start to hang out with people who are positive and that starts to be impressed on you and their habits. And the, the old adage of you are like the five people who you spend the most time around and that doesn't matter if it's family or in the workplace that's right. who you're going to become um so james yeah. i appreciate that sentiment that's that's amazing yeah well look how you and i are talking now matt i mean daniel de piazza uh you know like you, you move in those circles i know daniel de piazza you know dave asprey i know dave asprey like it's not like some coincidence that we that we have these mutual friends. It's because we're all into similar topics and similar subjects, which is being entrepreneurs, which is lifestyle, which is self-development, which is health. There's a reason why we know one another. There's a reason why you and I are speaking on your podcast episode right now. It's because of the environment and, and that we put ourselves in. No, I, I completely agree. And if uh, if someone wants to sure... 
okay, they cannot drink and they can stay in on a Friday night and decide that they're going to read books and listen to James' podcast and read rich20something.com with Daniel and they're going to do that and go up, get up in, in the morning and go to the yoga class so you have a better uh, understanding of your mind and your body, etc. right? Those are things that you can do right off the bat. But if you want to make other, if you want to continue to make changes to maybe have that difficult talk with someone and say, Hey, that's not really what I'm into anymore. How do you, how do you continue to surround yourself uh, with, with like main people? Are there places that you would look? Are there activities that you would take up? Uh, Once I know they even, they say this about alcoholism, right? They say, it's like your best friend and all of a sudden there's a tremendous hole in your life. So once people uh, stop drinking, where does the road to recovery begin? Yeah, I mean, look, just exercise groups, entrepreneurial groups. I mean, anything that you're into, like hobbies and interests, you can go to meetup.org and just type in like whatever that you're into and you'll find like-minded people. I'll tell you this, people who don't drink that much are very health-minded. So go to health-minded things like join uh, join a gym or go and do yoga or do um, uh, weekend hiking trails in a group, uh, train in a group for a half marathon. Uh, even if you're not into that, join a swimming class, a tennis club, play golf, like whatever. It doesn't matter. Like it's only – there's so many options out there. I'll tell you why most people are so fearful of quitting drinking because they feel like they're going to be ostracized from their group of friends. And I'll tell you why. Because back when we were in the Stone Age times and we were like, you know, before modern agriculture and, you know, we were cavemen, um, if we were ostracized from a group, then it was almost certain death, right? Because there were only really tribes of 120 people. And if you were out an outcast from that group, you would get murdered by another tribe or you get eaten by a bear, right? You needed the tribe in order to stay alive. So there's this, this inherent Stone Age fear that if we do anything different than what our current tribe is into, then we'll be ostracized. But the truth is we live in 2016. There are new tribes everywhere. You can go and join a health group, a book reading club, an entrepreneurial mastermind. You can get into spike riding. You can go to meetup.org and just choose whatever you're into, collecting stamps or model airplanes. I don't care, whatever. Whatever you're interested in, you can find a group of people with similar interests. So no more fearing ostracized from the group. If you're not into that group and it's holding you back, leave the bloody group and go and find a new and better group. Pretty simple. Sure, and... If you have that big, hairy, audacious goal in front of yourself, people are going to respect that and you're going to respect yourself and your decision not to drink or to stay in on Friday nights. You said a half marathon. Okay, if you're training for a half marathon, your friends are going to respect you. Okay, you don't – you can – stop after one beer, right? Or if you are uh, studying for, you know, you always have friends uh, when you're younger studying for different tests or uh, I had a bunch of friends in finance, right? And someone was always studying for their series seven or their CFA or blah, blah, blah. And they couldn't hang out, but you respected that. And you said, okay, that's, that's just how it is. You didn't say, oh, this person's so lame. They'll never come out to, to drink with me. Or if you're saying, no, guys, you know, I'm getting up at six o'clock in the morning because I'm going to go climb a mountain. Well, you have something. It's not you're not being shy and withdrawn and saying like, oh, yeah, I don't have really any good excuse other than I don't want to drink anymore. And if you have there's there's a hack for you right there. If you can have a goal in front of you and even if it's saving money, look, I've got a trip to Thailand planned. I have to save money. I can't go out anymore. Or guys, I'm not. I'm not going out because my goal is to lose 15 pounds. Uh, people respect that, and you, you then that people understand who you are trying to become, and they eventually will see that as inspiration. And you get more confident, and you can stand behind the decisions that you make instead of all that peer pressure crap that everyone tries to pull on you. Wouldn't you say, James? Uh, absolutely. I mean, people don't really care if you're not if you're not 
drinking, they don't care as much as you think that they care. And what I do is I just make a make light of it. I go, oh yeah, I'm going to get drunk on this water tonight. Yeah, woohoo! And you know, and just make a joke of it. Like it's just like whatever, man. It's like I just choosing to live my life this way. It's like I've got to get up early in the morning. I'm focusing on something. When people see that you're confident and you don't care about what they think, then um, they, they can't make fun of you. They can't make you feel bad. It's just you just own it. It's it's very much an attitude kind of thing. Like I could not give a rat's ass, Matt, if someone thinks that I'm somehow a loser or boring or dull because I don't drink. I don't give a crap because guess what? I'm definitely the most exciting person in the room when I'm not drinking because I've got lots of energy and I've got focus and I've got clarity and I'm making things happen. I'm introducing people all the time. Hey, Matt, have you met Daniel? Daniel, Matt, Matt, me, Chris, how you doing? I'm clear focused. And people who take my 30-day no alcohol challenge program, they start saying, they, they join the program and they go, oh, wow, I need to cut back on alcohol. And, but I just don't know how I'm going to be able to socialize without alcohol. They go through my program. They join my Facebook group community where other people help them. And they come out the other side going, wow, it was actually surprisingly easy to go out with my friends and hang out and socialize and have a good time while I was drinking sparkling water, while I was drinking Pellegrino or Perrier or soda water and a piece of lime. And the reason why it's easy is because of the attitude. It's just like, eh, I'm not drinking at the moment. I'm good. Just a big smile on your face. So, yeah, it's a lot easier than you think. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, that confidence will come. Day one of the 30-day challenge might be difficult, but as you start, as your skin starts to clear up, right, as you might drop a couple pounds, as you have a sharper clarity of mind, all of the things that come along with not consuming alcohol, you know, because you can get up in the morning and start to go to the gym or practice yoga or you're training for X, Y, or Z, that's going to make a big difference in your confidence. And then it's not going to matter to you like, okay, you guys get drunk and you know make bad decisions i'm on my own path and uh, that becomes easier and easier to say and people respect you more and more for that so uh yeah thank you for that james sure thing man yeah hey so before we before we wrap up uh i just wanted to ask you you know just just overarching if you could leave any our, our listeners right now with just some advice it doesn't have to be about drinking uh, but something actionable that they can go out and do that they should be thinking about uh what what would you leave them with as it relates to 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 not drinking matt is that no question, no to, to, any, to absolutely anything in life uh if they want to go out and and gotcha. stand up for themselves be their own person uh it can be absolutely sure. anything in the world uh, okay what would you leave them with so i like i like just uh just do it and do it now so just do it is like the nike slogan um uh, which is just do it. And that, that phrase has served me so well over the years. So if I'm thinking about, I was thinking about creating uh, a physical products business to sell on Amazon called, uh, you know, Swanee's Blue Light Blocking Glasses. And I just, you know, thought about it and I went, you know what, James, just do it. Even though I was scared, I just did it. And then the second phrase was do it now. Hey, James, when's the best time for you to start this, uh, this physical products business? Now. So when is now? Well, now is now. It's not tomorrow, it's not next week, it's not next month, it's now. So the two phrases that I live, live by are just do it and do it now. When's the best time to get something done? Now. When's the best time to do it? Now. Thinking about procrastinating? Do it now, do it now, do it now, and then it's done. Instead of thinking about it, act. So just do it. You want to go and live overseas and travel the world? Just do it. When's the best time to do it? Now. That might mean you look at flights and you book a flight. When's the best time to do that? It's now. You want to ask a girl out but you're too scared? You're waiting for the perfect time? No. Take the time you have and make it perfect. Just do it. Do it now. James, excellent. Like you said, a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Where can people come and follow you, interact with you, read more, listen more, uh, drop us some links. Sure. So uh, if you want to get my notes on that book, Think and Grow Rich, go to jameswanick.com. I'll spell it out for you because my last name is spelled Swanwick. So it's J-A-M-E-S 
S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K, Swanwick. I'm also on Snapchat at James Swanwick, so you can follow me there. I do lots of motivational videos throughout the day and do a life a day in the life of James. Uh, my YouTube channel is James Swanwick, 30-Day No Alcohol Challenge if you want to join my program and quit alcohol for 30 days and do it with lots of people around the world, go to 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. Uh, Matt, you said you followed me on Instagram. My Instagram account is at James Swanick. And uh, yeah, if you want to check out a pair of the Swannies blue light blocking glasses, you can see a photo of Arnold Schwarzenegger wearing my glasses. Uh, go to swanniesglasses.com. That's S-W-A-N-N-I-E-S glasses.com. Excellent, James. I added you on Snapchat, and uh, I'm looking forward to having more of these conversations in the future. Matt, thank you very much for having me on your show. You're a great interviewer. This was fun. Yo, Live Different Podcast listeners, you know what to do. You love the episode if you listened this far. Go to iTunes. Show us some love. Please, that's all we ask, a little five-star review. Just a little review. That's all we need. Send it to a friend who needs to get their ass in gear. We're trying to do good work here, and we need your help. Hey, you know what? Special offer. Send me an email personally. I will write back. Matt at under30experiences.com. I want to know your feedback, and then I want to meet you in person. Maybe our yoga retreat. Maybe our fitness retreat. Who knows? Check out under30experiences.com. Go do something awesome with your life.